0: You know, I don't always know uh, the songs that are going to be sung, and uh, I have a list of them, I I know what the titles are, but I don't know that I always know the songs, and some of them I hear for the first time uh, here, uh, but aren't they a blessing that even though you don't know them, the truths of the songs resonate in your heart if you're born again? That the truths of God's word rings out through spiritual music. That's what Ephesians 5 is talking about. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. What a blessing it is to sit back and maybe listen to a song that you've never heard or uh, maybe that I've heard but forgotten. Uh, The older I get, I'm forgetting a lot more lately. But the truths still ring true. And what a blessing it is to know that all of us who are saved, our stories are the same. We all had to go by way of the cross. Uh, none of us are who we are today other than by the grace of God. And I'm so thankful for our church, our music program. Thank you to everybody who works so hard and they practice and put in all the effort. Our pianist and our choir, boy, it's just this morning they were right, weren't they? Uh, my goodness, if, if you couldn't preach after the choir special this morning, you might better check up and make sure you're called, amen, because that was good, good singing this morning, good spirit. And looking forward to what God has for us tonight. We're going to jump right in because I have a meeting right after the service with all of our young people and their families. So I need to jump right in if we could tonight. Esther chapter number 9, if you go ahead and be turning there. Esther chapter number 9, and when you find it, look down to about verse number 20, <clears throat> and then go ahead and stand if you don't mind. Esther chapter number 9. And uh, I do want to meet with all of our young people from above nursery and below college tonight after the service. If you're able to stay, we'll just meet right here down front and meet with you and your parents as we go over our summer schedule and look at how things are going to be shaped in the interim period. Esther chapter 9, we'll jump into this tonight and going to preach a little bit more online with the holiday uh, that we're about to have the observance, if you will, tomorrow. Uh, the Lord doesn't always lead us to preach a themed message. Sometimes somebody asked me once uh, around Christmas time, are you going to be preaching on Christmas? I said, well, that depends. If the Lord wants us to preach on Christmas, we will. If he doesn't lead us to preach on Christmas, we won't. Uh, unfortunately, we don't just get to pick those things out and you preach what the Lord leads. Uh, so this morning was not a Memorial Day message, but tonight we're going to kind of go in that direction as we believe the Lord would have us to in Esther 9. Now, here's what's going to happen for the sake of time. You know the story of Esther, an amazing story, an account of God's work, God's hand and God's power uh, through Esther in the lives of his people. Now what we're going to read tonight is the aftermath of that. After God's people have been miraculously delivered, uh, we're going to read about an observance that began in celebration and honor of the memory of how God worked. So we're picking up in verse 20, Esther chapter 9. The Bible says in Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus both nigh and far. To establish this among them that they should, now watch this, keep the 14th day of the month Adar and the 15th day of the same yearly. So obviously we're looking at an annual observance here in verse 21. The Bible says in verse 22, As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy, from mourning into a good day. And they should make them days of feasting and joy, and of sending portions one to another, and gifts to the poor. And the Jews undertook to do as they had begun, and as Mordecai had written unto them. Skip down, if you will, to verse 26. Verse 26. The Bible says wherefore they called these days Purim, after the day the name of pure therefore for all the worlds uh, the words of this letter and of that which they had seen concerning this matter and which had come unto them the Jews ordained and took upon them and upon their seed and upon all such as joined themselves unto them so as it would not fail That they would keep these two days according to their writing, according to their appointed time every year. There's repeated again. Last verse, verse 28. And that these days should be remembered. Remember that right there in verse 28. That these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city, that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for a great day. It's been good to be in your house, or it's been good to be with your people, it's been good to open your word. Father, I pray tonight for our service as we open your word again that, Lord, you'd meet with us. Uh, Lord, we we are doing this in vain unless your spirit meets with us tonight, and I pray that he'd have liberty to go up and down each aisle and each row, that, Lord, to do the work that you've sent your word to do tonight. I pray that, Lord, you'd give us liberty, give us boldness, but, Lord, give us compassion tonight to preach what you'd have us to. I pray your blessings on the invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I believe the story of Esther tonight is probably one of the greatest storylines in all of the Bible. All right? Now, I don't mean story as in artificial, made up, or uh, imaginary. I mean storyline by when you look at all of the events that are about to take or just took place in the book of Esther. Here's what they included. I wrote these down this afternoon. Number one, we have an unlikely queen. Uh, That's always amazing when you have that unlikely person who comes up out of nowhere to be used of God. And we see God doing that all throughout his word. So we have an unlikely queen and then we have a sinister plot. Uh, Every good storyline, you've got to have a little bit of controversy, right? Right. Uh, My daughter has a bad habit of talking to the television when we're watching a movie. Last night I was sitting back in the bedroom studying and uh, heard her hollering at someone. I know it was not her mother, it was someone on the television. Uh, And she doesn't understand that in movies, what makes a good movie is conflict. I said, Miley, if it was all just rainbows and roses, I mean, who wants to watch that, right? Uh, We need a little conflict every once in a while. And so right here in Esther, we have that sinister uh, plot by Haman uh, to do away with all of the Jews that are there. So we have an unlikely queen, a sinister plot, and then we have a very courageous decision you got to have that, right? If you're going to have a good movie, you've got to have somebody who's pushed to the brink, has to make a tough decision and put their life on the line. And then, of course, as with every movie, it has a happy ending just in the nick of time. I love the, uh, I hate using the word story, I love the account of Esther. Because it's a true account of what God did. Now, after God did what he did in the book of Esther... Uh, We are reading now in chapter 9 about how it is memorialized, if you look down to verse uh, 28, the Feast of Purim. Now what's interesting about this feast is it really is just a long line of tradition and we see theming in the Word of God of the importance of remembrance. Remembrance is something that uh, you see all throughout Scripture. Let me give you a few examples right quick. Deuteronomy 6.12. The Bible says, then beware. When you see here beware, it usually means something important, Right? Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Here we are, after leaving Egypt, he's reminding them to beware, not to forget. All right, now I understand sometimes as we age, I'm feeling a little bit of that, not a lot, but the older I get, I understand that memory is not as sharp as it was. That's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about choosing not to remember what God has done. And not reflecting upon the great works of what God has done. If you're not careful, you'll get there. And I'm not just talking about it as you get old. You'll get there spiritually where you begin neglecting, remembering the goodness of God and the power of God in your life. Deuteronomy 8, 2, just two chapters later. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. He said, don't forget the lesson God was trying to teach you. You go on to read that verse. It says, to humble thee. Don't forget how God taught you a hard lesson walking through the wilderness for 40 years. And in 1 Corinthians 11, we have what we read when we have the Lord's table, the Lord's Supper. What did he say? When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in what? Remembrance of me. Now, here's God reminding us Old Testament, New Testament of the importance of what? Remembering. It's important that we remember. Why? Because God is like the other false gods that are out there, and he wants us to be a people of rituals, not at all. You look at all other religions around the world, and they are religions that are full of rituals, a lot of alms and works and deeds that they have to do in order to please the deity that is not really a deity at all. When God tells us to remember, he's not telling us to remember out of a ritual. I don't don't believe tonight that there's there's any part of our father that wants us to be a people of mechanical ritualism. If you're not careful, you'll become that. Just going through the motions of religion. That's not what he wanted. Why did he tell us, Old Testament, New Testament, that we needed to remember what he did and the works of his hand and the lives of his people? Why? Here, Here it is. Because remembrance motivates a response, all right? God didn't just want us to remember just to remember, okay? Uh, he wants us to remember because in our remembrance, we're going to live out a response. That's what he wanted from Israel. That's what he wants from us today. Now, I want you to think about the observance we will have tomorrow. I hate to use the word holiday. I hate to use the word celebration. Uh, I think it's an observance tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we will observe Memorial Day, not Veterans Day. Veterans Day. Not Armed Services Day, Memorial Day. We will remember the millions who have died that we could have the liberty and the freedom that we have here. It's estimated over 1.4 million have died in the cause of freedom that we enjoy here in the United States. Now, here's what I want you to think about tonight. If we truly remembered more regularly the price that was paid for our freedom, I think we would live to honor it, would we not? I think if we thought about all of the soldiers who have died, that we could have the freedom to be here tonight. I mean, I know we take it for granted. I mean, to be honest with you, there was probably a part of you tonight that didn't want to get off the couch to come to church at 5 o'clock, right? All right, right, got a full belly after lunch. If we didn't want to come tonight. Maybe you're just kind of tired. But boy, you begin thinking about the price that was paid that we could be here tonight. I'm not just talking about folks on Memorial Day maybe that have died, but I mean sacrifice their time. A great price was paid that we could be here tonight, and yet tomorrow we have Memorial Day to remember the price that was paid. Why do we have that? Just for a ritual? No. You see, if we remember, it ought to spur us to respond to that. You said, what do you mean by that? Well, tonight I want to look at a very simple subject uh, that I hope will help us both patriotically and spiritually. Can we do that both at one time tonight on why memorials matter? Why memorials matter? Uh, the other day, uh, I don't watch uh, a lot of the WNBA. I don't really watch any of the WNBA. Uh, I don't mind the NBA, but I don't watch a whole lot. Of, look, they don't dunk, okay? I'm just going to put it right out there, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, they're good basketball players and all of that. But if you recall, recently in the news, uh, there was a WNBA player by the name of Brittany Greiner. Uh, Brittany Greiner was uh, held, I believe, in Russia for about 10 months over there. And um, after she came home, she had her first game the other day. And it was the first time that she had set foot on the court uh, for an official game. And the national anthem was played. Now Prior to her incarceration and being withheld from the freedoms of America, uh, she did not mind kneeling for the national anthem. And she did not mind disrespecting our national anthem and talking down about our country. And yet when she returned home from Russia, they asked her why she didn't kneel and how she felt as the American flag was raised to the rafters of the stadium she was played in. Here's where her words, she says, it hit a little different this time. It hit a little different this time. She realized just how valuable the freedom and the liberty she had was. Can I tell you tonight, if you're not careful... You will dishonor the spiritual gifts that God has allowed us to have. The works of God in our life, you won't remember them. It's not a big deal to you. And I'm afraid before we get back to the place where we honor and understand the greatness of God in this country, we may have to be incarcerated a little bit away from it for a while. Tonight, I want to show you why memorials matter and why remembering is important. And I want to give you three reasons tonight to remember the works of God. Let's look at Esther real quick if we could. Verse number 20. Here's Mordecai writing down these things of why they should have this memorial that in verse 28 is called the Feast of Purim. They still observe this even today. He says in verse number 20 that Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in all the providences of the king, a King Ahasuerus, both nigh and far. Now here's what he's doing. Mordecai said there's no doubt that God has done this. There's no doubt. I mean, we were facing extermination. These people are about to be wiped off the planet. And they are about to be executed. They are doomed. It has been sealed, the law of the Medes and Persians. It could not be overthrown. Not even the king could overthrow what was happening there. And then suddenly God stepped in. I mean, my soul, somebody ought to make a movie about it. Amen? God stepped in and God did something for those people and God delivered them. And Mordecai says, hey, we don't need to forget about this. God's been good to us. God has shown himself strong. We can't forget about this. And so he begins writing it down in verse number 20. Now, why did they write this down? Why are they remembering it? And why should we remember the goodness of God? Number one, it shows us the commitment of the Father. The reason we should remember the works of God and the power of God and the blessings of God in our life. That every once in a while we should just pause and look back at the hand of God in our life. Can I tell you why? It will be impossible for you not to see the commitment of our father. You know, I'm a dad. I'm an earthly dad. I'm a flawed dad. I'm not a perfect dad. I don't have perfect love for my daughter like my father has for me. But There's one thing I hope my daughter looks back on in her life when she's married in 15 years, 20 years, and looks back on the time she spent in our home is that dad was committed to her probably too much sometimes. We pass, we pass a sonic and I see her head snap around. I make the exit, much to the gaze of her mother looking over at me. Man, I'm committed to that kid. I hope she looks back and says, He wasn't a perfect dad. He didn't do everything right, but I have no doubt he loved me. I know he has a commitment toward me. Can I tell you, we ought to do that with our father. You can't look back at your life tonight. It doesn't matter the heartache you've been through. It doesn't matter the struggles you've been through. It doesn't matter how little you've had in your life. It is impossible to be an American Christian and not look back and see the commitment of our Father. It's impossible. You say, well, I just don't believe that. Well, I'd like to help take up an offering to get you a plane ticket to a third world country. And I promise you'll come back believing it then. The only time I've ever come close to kissing a man is when I flew back from Uganda and that man at the Memphis airport gives me my passport and says, welcome home, Mr. Andrews. I had to fight off the urge to give him a kiss on the cheek. All right? That was 2007. Things were different back then. All right? It would have been weird back then. I'm just putting it that way. All right? I know it ain't weird today. It would have been weird back then. Can I tell you? Look back. You need to remember tonight. Why is it important? Hey, why is it important tomorrow that we stop for Memorial Day? And look back and remember, why? Because you're going to see commitment that was made on your behalf. People who lost their lives and laid down their lives and gave their lives. Do you know what that was? That shows us the commitment that was made. There are people that were committed to this country to give their life for that. And oh, as a Christian tonight, it's important that we look back. Why? Because we'll see the commitment of our Father. We were talking this afternoon, I had lunch with uh, Brother Lejeune and his family. It's so good to have them and... Uh, they're going to stop back by sometime and, and, and preach for us. He's pastoring up in uh, Connecticut, doing a great work up there. God's using them and seeing a lot of people saved up there, and I'm thankful for that. And we're having lunch with them, and he was asking how we did with COVID. And I was like, I don't want to go there, to be honest with you. I don't want to talk about it. We lived through it. I don't want to go through it again. But we began talking about COVID and all that we went through with COVID. and uh, I look back at that time, such a, uh, a surreal moment in my life. You know, I, I've always thought I was going to live to be 100 and uh, never thought I would get old, never thought I would slow down. I just thought one day I'm just going to keel over and die, you know. First time I felt really the frailty of my humanity and this flesh that I live in. We're sitting there talking and I said, you know, one of the things I, I look back during that time at all of the people that, that God brought into our lives during that time to just be a good friend, good church member, family member. I look back and I, I remember looking out my window uh, the early parts, when it wasn't so bad, and the latter parts that weren't so bad, the middle, I, I couldn't even look out my window. We were seeing mom and dad's SUV out there in the front yard. I think they thought I was going to die. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think they thought I was going to keel over. They just parked there in our, our front yard. Got a hotel here in Hattiesburg. The phone calls. For about two weeks, you know, I, I don't know, uh, I guess Miley ran our house. For about two weeks, I don't remember what happened. I don't know who answered our phone, who answered all the texts. I don't know who fed that kid for two weeks, to be honest with you. I know a lot of you in here did. Man, you pause and you begin looking back. And boy, you see the commitment of people, the compassion of people, the love of people. You see, that's why it's important you pause every once in a while. You realize you got it way better than you think you do. See, well, I don't have what they have. I promise you, you look back, you've got friends, you've got more than most. Having good friends, having good family, what does it show? It shows us the commitment. Now, here's what happens. When you fail to remember God's hand in your past, you will doubt God's hand in your present. That's why so many of us tonight, we worry and we doubt and we fear about 2023. The election's coming up. I'm gearing up for it. I'm bracing it. Here it comes. I mean, it's going to be the sky is falling. I mean, we can't afford this, and I know we're in trouble. That's why, Lord willing, next Sunday night we'll have Chris McDaniel here. He's going to talk to us about the importance of godly people being involved in our political process. I believe you ought to be involved in it. But I want you to understand something tonight. If you'll just peer in the past at the hand of God and the power of God, you're going to see the commitment of God in the past. And the Bible says that he doesn't change. That means we have the commitment of God in our present. Man, I thought we could get a little more amens out of that one. Some of you don't get, I love Our Lady, you notice they got their signs back here? Hold it up, Miss Joanne, look at there. They got their signs tonight, amen? Uh, I appreciate folks being an encouragement, you know? Uh, all the time you look out, folks ain't smiling, ain't paying attention. Uh, I kept seeing some out of the corner of my eye this morning. I was like, what on earth is that over there? I was trying to decide, they're holding up signs that said shut up, to be honest with you. It's like, what does that say? It says, amen, praise the Lord. Hey, what an encouragement that is. You know, hear me out tonight. Listen, the same God, you need to remember the commitment of God in the past. What does the Bible say? James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is what? No variableness or shadow of turning. The reason you need to remember the commitment of God in the past is because he hasn't changed and there's a commitment of God in our present. And no matter what we face in the future, the commitment of God is already there. What we worried about. What we worried about. You see, you need to stop every once in a while and remember what God's done. Here's what Mordecai is doing in verse 20. He says, write down these things. I'm learning a little bit more why it's important to do that. Write it down. I got Post-its all over my desk. It's organized chaos, but it works for me, okay? Why? There's things I don't need to forget. You ought to sit down every once in a while and do what he's doing in verse 20. And Mordecai wrote these things. Wrote it down. Why? I want to remember the faithfulness of God. Let me give you something to remember tonight. God's faithfulness is as much a part of his character as his omnipotence. God's faithfulness. He's a faithful God. Look, that's not something that he, here's what happens. We think about God's faithfulness like our faithfulness. Our faithfulness is like a light switch. On, off, on, off. Right? And we think God's faithfulness is that way. It's not. Faithfulness is just as much a part of God's character as his omnipotence. That means there's no shadow of turning. I am the Lord, he said. I change not. And if he was committed in the past, he's committed in the present, he's going to be committed in the future. That's why tonight, you look back, you're going to see a committed father. This is what Mordecai is writing about. One of my favorite songs the choir sings. matter of fact, I heard them sing it years ago before I came to pastor here. Uh, it is uh, The Unseen Hand and You Were There. That, uh, I think it's like a medley, is that what that is? When they put two songs together. And what I love about that song, it says you were there for Moses, you were there for Joseph. And I can't remember all of who it was there for. And then it says, and, and you were there for me. Because the Father that's committed to them is no respecter of persons, is the same father that's going to be committed to me. That's why you need to remember tonight. Number one, why memorials matter? Number one, the commitment of the Father. We look back and we see that, and that commitment is faithful. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It's a verse we know well, but I want you to think about this tonight in light of remembrance. The Bible says there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. Watch this. But God is faithful. It's very important you understand why those two lines are put together. There's no temptation taking you, but such that is common to man. Now, what happens when we get tempted? Oh, man, we start crying the blues. I'm, just, I'm tempted to quit. I'm tempted to be discouraged. I'm tempted to go home. I'm just tempted for all of these things that are contrary to the will and the word of God. The Bible says when you face that temptation, remember this. Why? But God is faithful. You see, we are tempted to quit and give up and go home. Why? Because we're doubting the faithfulness of God. The Bible says don't forget God is faithful. God is what? God is committed. I honestly believe tonight so many things I worry about are rooted in my lack of remembrance. I believe that. How many times does God have to deliver us out of trouble? Do you ever read about the children of Israel and call them names in your head? Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> all right, this Sunday night crowd—you're the honest people, okay? You read about them, and they come through the Red Sea with a high hand, and they got the victory. Uh, and just, just a chapter later, they're murmuring, and you're like, "You dummy! I don't know what you call them. All right, I don't—I don't use those words that maybe you use. I—I I, you know, keep it mild. I keep it G. All right, you dummy, what are you thinking there? I mean, come on, God just brought you through. And I think maybe, I don't know if they call, I don't think they call people dummies in heaven, all right? But I, I think they're part of that Hebrews chapter 12 cloud of witnesses. And they're looking down. If they were in a flesh body, they would go, you dummy? You're worried about 2024 and an election and all of that? Can you not look back and remember that you have a God that's committed to you and he's not going to suffer to be tempted more than you're able? But he's going to provide a way of escape. Why? Because he's committed to you. There's something these kids need to know as they serve a God that's committed. He's in for the long haul. He's not going to give up. He's not going to go home. That's why remembrance is so important. One of my favorite scriptures, 2 Kings chapter 6. I'll hurry. Uh, When I graduated Smite years ago, you have to give a life's verse. I didn't know you're supposed to have one. All right, young people get a life's verse because if you're ever asked, you need to have one. You look like a dummy. So I began thinking, what is my favorite life's verse? Couldn't think of a good one, so I thought about my favorite life story uh, in 2 Kings chapter 6 when Elisha's camped out at Dothan. Remember that? He's camped out at Dothan. The king of Syria is sending to get him, and they get there, and the servant walks out of the tent and looks around, and the king has them surrounded. Now, you can read between the lines and hear that the servant was kind of worried about that. Uh Uh-oh. Two of us. An army of them. So he walks back and he tells Elijah, hey, you need to see this. Now, I'm going I'm to interject my opinion here, okay? Don't catch me after the service and tell me that's not exactly how it went down. I'm just going to give you my opinion because it doesn't say. I kind of feel like Elisha was in there having some coffee or tea or something. And I feel like he walks out of the tent and sees the army that's there. And when you read 2 Kings, the Bible shows you he's not worried. Matter of fact, what does the Bible say? I'll read it to you, verse 16. And he answered, fear not they that be with us are more than they would be with them. Wait a minute now. I'm sure that servant's looking over Elijah, thinking, "Yep, he's lost it." <laughs> Poor fellow spent so much time with Elijah. Man, the ministry's been tough on him. It just wore him out. He's lost his mind. See, Elijah. I don't know if you got an army hid back there in the back of the tent, but I'm just doing the numbers. Be careful doing the numbers. God's numbers aren't always our numbers. And He's counting out. He says, There's more with us and be with them. And then what did he pray? Elisha asked the Lord to open his eyes. Open his eyes. And also, the Bible says he looked around the hills. Talk about another great storyline in Scripture that the hills were filled with chariots and uh, horses and chariots of fire. Now, can I ask you, why was Elisha so sure? Where did his confidence come from? You see, Elisha had spent a long time working with old Elijah. And he saw God work. And he saw the hand of God. And when all of a sudden he was surrounded with insurmountable odds, you know what he thought? He says, well, I look back at all of those days that we had a committed God back then. And I just kind of believe we have a committed God right now. And God's going to come through for us. That's why remembering is so important. Don't forget what God has done. In your life, Second Thessalonians 3, three but the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. So, number one, why memorials matter? This is important. Remember what God's done. Why you see the faithfulness and the commitment of our Father. Number two, look down to verse twenty two, and we'll hurry. Verse twenty two. As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them. Watch this. Well, watch what God does. So here they are about to be executed, and watch how God flipped the script. I'm thankful he can do that today. The month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy, from mourning into a good day. They should make them days of feasting and joy and sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. Now, this is important. They looked back and they saw the commitment of God. They says, our Father's committed to us. Look what he did. And now it's changed them. They have gone, in verse 22, I love this, from sorrow to joy, from mourning, the Bible says, to a good day. So watch what happens. The commitment of the Father created, number two tonight, the courage of their faith. You see, when you look back and see the commitment that God has for you, it inspires you to have spiritual courage to have faith in him. It's an amazing story of how this works. You keep looking back and see what God's done and how committed God's been. And then suddenly you're filled with spiritual courage, a.k.a. faith. Is that what faith really is? Spiritual courage. Example, David. I talk about it often, but I love the First message I ever preached was out of 1 Samuel 17, many, many years ago. So here's David talking to the king. And boy, by the way, it was sad that the youngster was having to school the king in spiritual matters of faith. Oh, that our young people would rise up and do the same. That they would set an example of faith, as David was. So here's Saul, and Saul says, David, I've done the math. Once again, he did bad math. I've done the math. He's bigger than you. He's smarter than you, more well-trained than you. David, it's not going to work. And then suddenly, watch this. David says this. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear... He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine and Saul said unto David, watch this, I love the encouragement, go and the Lord be with thee. I kind of read between that line and hear Saul saying, you're toast. Anybody else see it? The Lord be with thee. He didn't think he was going to make it. Why? David was looking back to see the commitment of the father. And he just kept seeing God's commitment, God's commitment, God's commitment, God's commitment. And all of a sudden, seeing the commitment of the Father inspired the courage of his faith. If he was there then, then he's going to be for me, here for me now. I have something on my desk. I just recently got it. Uh, it was a, uh, a gift from uh, Brother Richard. And I appreciate it very much. And uh, he, he took this out of, a, out of a box, gave it to me. Uh, I thought it said best pastor in the world, but uh, no, it didn't say that. Uh, it's actually something spiritual. Um, No, just kidding, Uh, a while back I preached about the definition of the word Ebenezer in Jehovah Jireh, and I mentioned how I want to put that in my house, I want to put that in my office. What does the word Ebenezer mean? It means hitherto has thou brought us. Ebenezer, where, hey, I look back and see that God's brought us this far. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. Because there's an Ebenezer, there's a Jehovah Jireh. Because of what God has done, it inspires my faith and my courage to trust in what God wants to do. Can I tell you, that will change your demeanor in a heartbeat. When all of a sudden you see the commitment of the Father, you find the courage to do what? To have faith. Now, watch, watch what it did for them in verse 22. The Bible says... It turned, their month was turned unto them from sorrow to joy. Sorrow to joy. In just a moment, the commitment of the Father changed their sorrow into joy. Now, you got to get this tonight. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. You know, all of us are good at putting on a happy face, right? We are, all right? We all know how to fake it. And we have a smiling face, and we shake hands, and good to see you, glad to see you today. But we're broken on the inside. We're disappointed on the inside. We're fearful on the inside. We're doubtful on the inside. I don't know where you're at tonight, but here's what I want you to understand. All of a sudden, you come with sorrow, and you spend a little while noticing the commitment of God in your life. Your sorrow can become joy, That's what God can do. He gives us beauty for ashes, the Bible says. But our problem is we focus on the sorrow rather than the commitment of our Father. He's committed to me. I know He's committed to me. Why? I look back in remembrance and I see what He's already done. I hope my daughter never worries about what she's going to eat for supper. As long as she's hanging around me, she knows we're going to eat. She knows that. And we're going to eat good. Last night, she came in there while I was studying and says, Dad, you want some ice cream? I'm like, That's my girl. Brother Richard, she didn't bring in any celery. Yeah? No. Brother Bo put a post up the other day. By the way, Brother Bo, good to see you, Where he was at tonight. Everybody moves around. I, mean, I don't know where everybody's sitting. I've been sick. Good to have him back. Brother Bo put this post up online the other day about this Dr. Pepper float ice cream. Everybody's going to go get some tonight, but they're going to be out because everybody's going to go get some. All right, so you better hurry. All right, it's 5.56. I'll get you out quick. Get to the corner market quick. Miley comes in there and she says, Dad, would you like some ice cream? I said, what kind? She says, Dr. Pepper Float.' So let me pray about it. I'll get back with you in a minute. all right. Yeah, bring me some of that. That was good. And we sat there and ate it together. Uh, That kid, she doesn't worry about what's going to be in the cabinets. She doesn't worry about whether or not it's going to be food in the fridge. She doesn't worry about that at all. Why? She knows Dad's going to make sure it's there. If I have to go kill it, there's going to be food in the fridge. Can I tell you tonight? If I'll do that for my daughter, I wonder what my father's willing to do for his children. See, all of a sudden you realize you've got a committed father, now you have a courageous faith. That's what happened to David. Real quickly, I want you to think about this, Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. I love Joshua 1, let me tell you why. Joshua 1, you find three times where he is told to be, be strong and of good courage. I'll tell you why that encourages me. Because as, as a pastor, I see Joshua now as a pastor, and God has to encourage him, be strong. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Now, why was he telling me to be strong and of good courage? Because of his military might? No, watch this. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto them. Don't miss that. Joshua didn't have to go and secure the land himself. God says, I've already given them the land. I just want you to lead them to it. You see, God's the one that promised to provide. That's what gives us the courage of our faith. Someone said this one time, hope awakens courage. I believe that's true. When you have a hope, suddenly you have courage. And if the people of God, can I tell you, if anybody on planet Earth ought to have hope, it ought to be us. Why? Because we have the God of hope. He invented hope. He gives hope. That's what he desires for us. And if he gives us hope, we ought to have courage tonight to do the will of God in our life, regardless of the circumstances we're living in. 2 Timothy 1, 7, we sing this with the kids. For God hath not given us a spirit of what? Fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God's not going to give us the fear. Where does the fear come from? Well, you must be shopping somewhere else because God don't sell it. If we got fear tonight, we got that from somebody else. We got it from listening to our circumstances rather than focusing on our God. Because when you focus on your God, you realize he's committed and suddenly you have courage. Why? Because that's just the kind of God that we serve. And by the way, you ought to be thankful tonight, that's the God that we serve. Tomorrow we will observe Memorial Day. And tomorrow we will think, Leslie was decorating the house yesterday, she loves them our house and Red, white, and blue stuff everywhere, America on our fireplace. Uh, Look, our country's not what it ought to be, but I'm still thankful for it. Man, I'm so thankful. God, let me be born here. I've been to a lot of other countries, and I picked this one over all of them. I'm thankful for that. Walk around, sit in our living room, man, looking around, got the flags everywhere. Leslie's got all these little red, white, and blue flowers around our house. It's it's just so pretty. Tomorrow we're going to sit down, and we're going to do the American thing. Say, what is that? We're going to eat. She had a Walmart delivery last night at 9 o'clock. That's who brought the Dr. Pepper ice cream. I looked in the fridge. Man, we got hot dogs and all this. We're just going to have a good old time. But boys, sometime tomorrow, I think it's important that we spend some time remembering, watch, the commitment. And when you remember that commitment long enough, you know what it's going to do for you as an American? It's going to inspire courage. We as Americans got to quit rolling over. I said it this morning, I'll say it again tonight. The only reason our world is afraid of a woke mob is because they've yet to see an awakened church. This church wakes up, it's a sleeping giant like they've never seen before. Our problem is we don't have any courage. We're afraid somebody's going to call us a name. Don't get me wrong, I don't like being called names. We're afraid somebody's going to say bad things about us or somebody's not going to like us. Hey, you focus on the commitment that was made by those in the past who have died for this country. It's impossible for it not to well up inside of you to have the courage to defend it. After 9-11, boy, recruitment roles in the military were just skyrocketed. Why? And you see the commitment that was made on that day. It inspires you to have courage for the next day. Number two, number two tonight. This is important. Why memorials matter? Well, we see the courage of our faith. When you find out what God's done and how much it's done for you, it gives you courage to do what God wants you to do next. Now, finally, I want you to look down all the way. Let's see. Look down, if you will, to verse number 26. Wherefore, they called these days, this memorial day, if you will, after the name pure, therefore, for all the words of this letter and of that which they had seen concerning this matter and which had come unto them. The Jews ordained and took upon them and upon their seed and upon all such as joined themselves unto them, so as it should not, watch this, should not fail. Don't forget, don't fail. That they would keep these two days according to their writing and according to their appointed time every year. Verse 28. And that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation Every family, every province, and every city that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. Watch, watch what happened. They remembered the commitment of the Father. It gave them courage to have faith. But notice, oh, it's wonderful what God does here. God saw that, that forgetfulness is not something just in the immediate, but it's something that can happen down in future generations. He says, so I want you to make sure that every, verse 28, every generation, every family, every province, every city, that we don't forget about this. You see, the reason tonight that memorials matter is because, number three, it's a command to the future. We've got to remember so that we can pass it to them so that they don't forget. There are so many things tonight that I believe we have forgotten about our faith, about our freedom, about our liberty, about our country that we have forgotten. And how can we pass on what we have forgotten? Prime example, Judges 2.10. The Bible says, and also that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he, he had done for Israel. Now, did you get what he just said there? When all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. What is that generation? That generation are the people who saw it, who knew it, who heard it, who lived it, who experienced it. That's who they are. The Bible says when they were gathered to their fathers, that means when they were dead, the next generation come along and they knew not the Lord nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. One of my favorite things to do as pastor is to spend time with some of you folks who have been around a little while. And by no means will I call you old. I will just call you blessed amen and we'll sit around and we'll talk about the goodness of God here at Central and what God's done here through the years and some of the stories are amazing I, I think about Miss, Miss Nettie before she went to heaven sat there in her living room Miss Nettie would share with me stories about how God blessed and God's worked for the bus ministry at Central and she loved working in the bus ministry here at Central I'll sit down and talk with some of our older men some of our older ladies some of the ladies holding the signs tonight amen I will never forget that. And all the days I live, I will never forget these older ladies holding up signs, being encouragement. But can I tell you, if we don't hurry, people who know what it's like to walk with God and see what revival is in America, if we don't hurry and pass it from them to them, we're going to have a lost generation. I believe I've been in churches in this country that the overwhelming majority of people are a lost generation. Somewhere the ball was dropped. Somewhere they forgot. I mean, I, I've seen it. The churches arguing about the colors of the carpet, you know, I thank God I've never been a part of one of those experiences. But I've heard about it, I've seen it. And there were churches that were once used mightily of God. And you're like now rather than being stirred up for the things of god you're stirred up about things that aren't going to matter at all in all of eternity what happened i'll tell you what happened they forgot they forgot he says i want every generation every family every province every city it was a command to the future can i tell you tonight the reason we've got to pause and remember the great commitment of god to us not only does it give us courage but it's a command that helps guide this next generation I sat uh, the other day, had lunch with Pastor Carr from Gulfport, and we had, uh, we had met up and, and had lunch. He was passing through and stopped for lunch. And we sat there and talked, and he says, when I was a, a young preacher, young-er preacher, he says, I used to come to Central. He said, that's where I heard great men of God who passed through and passed on to heaven. He said, I'd sit there in the back and listen to those men come and open the word of God and preach the word of God with power. And his spirit was moved. He says, I remember when the old, old sanctuary here went all the way near about to the front door to be packed out, folks coming in, altars filled, people walking with God, buses running all over the place. And I just sat there thinking about the goodness of God at this place. Suddenly something began to well up on the inside. Why can't we see that again? You say, well, a lot has changed, the world has changed, things are different. I know, I agree, but, but God hasn't. It's the same God. I think he's just as committed back then, he's just as committed today. What's the difference? Well, we as his people have got to look back and see what they did back then and get back on the bandwagon and being obedient to God's will now. And if we don't hurry, these young people right here, they're going to get older, 18, 19, 20. God's going to move them around the country, and what a sad thought that they would have spent time in this church, and you ever got to see what it was really all about. You see, that's why it's important that we remember. Memorials matter. Why? Well, we see the commitment of a father, the courage of our faith, and then finally, it's a command to the future. Psalms 145, 4, I want to read this to you real quickly. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. I agree, Amen. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor and of majesty and of thy wondrous works. Mordecai sits down and he says, you know, we got to write this down. The, former, the next generation needs to know about the commitment of our Father. Because that's what's going to give us courage and help command them as they move forward. But somebody's got to make sure we're passing that along. So as we go through this Memorial Day tomorrow, let's thank God for our country. Thank God that we got to be born here. Thank the Lord we get to live in the Bible Belt, okay? I know, I know we don't have crystal clear water and sandy beaches. And I know the Rockies aren't out the window. But we got pine trees. And we got pollen. (laughs) Amen? Somebody here visiting the other day from Nevada, Brother Johnny Nevada. Did I get it wrong? Nevada, I'm sorry south. We, you know, we don't get out there very often. And they said, man, it's so beautiful around here. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> just being honest with you. They said, well, just driving a bit down the road and the trees. And... I'm like, and? <laughs> and what? <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's just green. And I realized, you know what? I don't know that I appreciate what I have. I guess they don't have a lot of trees out there, you know, a lot of sand, scorpions, bugs out there. So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to start... Me and Leslie get in the Volkswagen. We're going to be on the back road with the top down, and we're going to appreciate these trees. It took me a little while, but, man, I appreciate them. Thank God for that. You ought to just pause this Memorial Day and thank God for his commitment to us as a nation and then his commitment to us as a church. Boy, God's being so good to us. He changes our sorrow into joy. He takes our bad days. And what does it say? makes them good days. We see the commitment of our Father, and then, look, you ought to stare at the commitment of our Father so long that it gives courage for your faith. Where all of a sudden, the naysayers, they don't matter anymore. The people who says it can't be done, it doesn't matter anymore. The people that say revival's over and over, Look, all of a sudden, you see the commitment of God, it gives you courage to have faith that God's going to work at the very least in this place, at the very least in your heart. Why is it important? Well, it's not just about you and I. The every generation needs to know about that. And if, if I'm just being honest with you tonight, I think too many of us have already forgotten. That's why memorials matter tonight. So I pray that we'll take some moments over the next couple of days, thank God for his commitment to our country and our church, and let's let that fill us with pride, spiritual pride, the good kind, that we move forward and make sure we preserve it for the next generation. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.